lot goes on, but nothing happens. We are Hottest 100s and Thousands, and we have taken control of your radio station. This is the podcast in which we talk about the songs that have been deemed hard enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is David James Young, and I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so. Joining me, once again, it's Adam Buncher. Hey. It's Nathan Harrison. Hi. It's Andrew McDonald. A lot goes on, but nothing happens. It's like dragging us. It's yeah. our yeah. one-star review. One that, star that, review. That's our podcast to yeah. <laughs> There's never been a more appropriate quote. <laughs> All right. I can hear the sales of the Opera House calling. <laughs> we are awakening the great man from his slumber <laughs> to, uh, to get out there and commit a couple of crimes. So at number 85... It's the return of the great Ben Harper. This is Steal My Kisses. Number 85 in the 1999 Hottest 100. That's the tune, Steal My Kisses. And one person I have been stealing from for quite some time. Please don't check your drawers, Mr. Nathan Harrison. Full of kisses. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, not Hershey's anymore. Kisses. <laughs> All the kisses are gone. <laughs> This is the fourth year running that Ben Harper has had his contractual obligation uh, song in the 80 to 100 section of the Hottest 100. <laughs> he's making good on his promise. Man, he's yeah, he's well, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't think he gets into the top 50 until like 2003. Mm. He lurches away from his slumber and heads off to Byron Bay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Because it's canon that he has a permanent residency in the Opera House. Yeah, he sleeps. Yeah. He's got to catch the break, man. Yeah, he sleeps He sleeps there, has a, has a good sleep. Is this his first crime? Stealing kisses? Well, <laughs> okay, 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 sexual assault. <laughs> yeah, let's a talk about a bit, a bit, but a bit right. Okay. <laughs> like, Innocent criminal, Ben? Hmm. <laughs> a s- Believe women, Ben. <laughs> Jesus Christ. A stolen kiss is where you and a sweetie... Yeah. You find a moment to have a kiss yeah, while no you, one's looking. You steal away from the from the party. From the party, yeah. from, you from, steal a kiss from the party. You don't steal a kiss from another person. That's sexual assault. Yeah, <laughs> no one else is bad. Shitty beatboxing. Yeah. Oh, hey, so come on, bad. man! It's so you bad. think shitty beatboxing is good, do you, David? <laughs> I love oh, it, man. Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> yeah, I think exactly. Yeah. See, like even when beatboxing is okay, or it's in a in the context of it being an okay song, I love Timberland and his work with Justin Timberlake. Mm. You know, in the in the 2000s the Timberlands a lot of beatboxing in there but it's never the best choice if I could go back to the even that Timberland stuff and be like just 
do you something else. Drum kit. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I pay beatboxing in terms of where it started and what it did. You know, you had you had people rapping on the street who had no other means to produce beats, so they did it with their voice. That is sick. Is that how it started? That makes yeah, sense. totally. Yeah, right. Obviously, obviously, that's sick. But and, and it's like, never it's never good to listen to. It's a skill that some people are very good at. As well. But I don't keep wanting, I don't want to no, hear but it. Ostensibly, like you would say, like the best beatboxing you'd hear recorded, you wouldn't notice it was beatboxing, right? Maybe. Maybe it's meant to be a slightly different yeah. palette. Than- but, but also, like, I remember, um, this is a history lesson from the friendship book of Nathan and Andrew. Uh-huh. Do you remember um, a few years in a row, Nathan and I took a quick sojourn down to our nation's capital of Trambra and <laughs> went to the National Folk Festival there mm. um, before they had trams, the darker days. Why were you at <laughs> um, a folk festival? No, we used to volunteer and just like spend the, the Easter long weekend there and we'd volunteer and you would, rather than paying a ticket price, which we didn't have because we were poor teenagers, you would volunteer to do like clean up or like I did ticket sales there and then in turn you get to spend the long weekend there camping and seeing hmm. some various kinds of music there. And again, you're right, David, folk is not really my go-to genre, but like it was just fun to spend a time camping with friends and seeing yeah. a bunch of live music that you wouldn't normally see there. I remember one time we were there, saw a beatboxer and performance like poet guy there. I believe his name is Mal, Mal Webb. Webb. Um, he did the music who, for Lennon Woodley. Yeah, who you may know from the music of Lennon Woodley. Um uh, and he was there and he one of the things he did was um he did like performances and that and he was very much on the fly and like got somebody up and got them to say a random line and turn that into a beat and stuff like that and what I always remember about beatboxing is how rudimentary easy it is to get a basic thing going by saying he said that the two phrases to remember to get beatboxing is baboons and cats and baboons and pigs and you just say them and emphasize the consonants and go baboons and cats baboons and cats baboons and cats and it's that easy to be a beatboxing thing and this song sucks <laughs> <laughs> oh you just reminded me of the fucking Jesus. winner of winner of trop fest that fucking animal beatbox bullshit oof that's ba- yeah. oh my god you just I reminded th- me with the baboons and cats r- shit remember um oh fuck me dad the, I think a, an important part of growing up is when you change from looking forward to getting the Tropfest DVD in the Sydney Morning Herald to not realising Tropfest is a piece of shit <laughs> what's yeah. a DVD yeah. dad, what's <laughs> come a back DVD? to me when you got a Blu-ray yeah. Tropfest like it's funny with the times we've spoken about Ben Harper like and the d- various music styles he's done when he's trying to get like actual political activist kind of music and then like yeah. delving into like more straightforward rock music and it's mm. like ah here's the the Snoopy Byron Bay boy we know and know <laughs> <laughs> we just, certainly know him it just feels like you could just jam this out oh, yeah, at this a folk is... festival and then be like oh I guess that's the song and yeah, this, this like, is all we have this, to do this feels like it was written in the duration it takes to play it yeah so something else that I really hate is the harmonies are particularly nice but they're just really close to the mic <laughs> and it's as if they're like to it's bad ASMR. Like, oh, it's like if you're I, listening on headphones, it's like yeah. I've got a blind boy from Alabama on either ear, and they're like saying like kisses, like, <laughs> and I'm just kisses. like, no, go. I need some space, motherfuckers. Yeah. Get out. So, somebody whispering the word kisses in yeah. your ear when you don't want them. Is, is that you, Adam Sandler? Yeah, oh, kisses. Kisses. Give kisses from the penguin. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's Cartman. Uh, yeah. These are all bad choices. Next yeah. hint. But so is engaging with this. 
It's just like apart from diamonds on the inside. Yeah. This yes. is um probably his biggest pop hit. Yeah. I'd and say so. This is this song is the opposite of the word spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's just like, <laughs> oh my god! There's, where's the song? <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I, I, I sorry, sorry, I, I requested a song. <laughs> and also, just like, oh my god, he's too happy. It's like I love to see the warm summer rain, and there's a girl who loves me. He's looking, he's beautiful. Yeah, who wants like, those shut, things? Yeah, shut up, man! Like some of us are depressed. Some of this us is, are so. I don't want to hear that shit. It's way, and that is why Adam isn't allowed back at Blues Fest. Uh, <laughs> it's it, it's way way too he came easy. Came to the national to and ended up seeing fucking <laughs> better. Oh, yeah, it said the National Folk Festival, so yeah, I showed yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, Where's the National? Yeah. Where's the National? Yeah. This is bullshit. Yeah, it's I the, wanted uh, Boxer in full. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the Chad Matt Berenger versus the Virgin Ben Harper. <laughs> Matt Berenger is so Chad. <laughs> oh my god. It's canon. Yeah. I can't ha- believe handsome, that. good beard. I can't Chad. believe how fucking Chad. harsh you guys are no, on this song. I, 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 it's I, I, easy to pick on it, though. I know, but it's not that bad. <laughs> No, but it's fun to pick on it. Like, this thing, right? The, the song isn't, like, egregiously bad. It's just so way, way too easy listening yeah. to be enjoyable yeah. for me. And it's and it's got that... The kisses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the implication of sexual assault. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know... At number 84, this is Spider-Man with Stevie. Count it off, baby! One, two, three! in at number 84 in the 1999 Hardest 100. That is a song called Stevie. It is from the album Grand Slam. And once again, we are talking about Spider-Man after talking about them just a few weeks ago with the song Plastic. Mm. I have uh, discussed uh, a little bit about this record. So Grand Slam is my favourite Spider-Man album because after the wild success of Ivan the Big Apples... This was kind of an equal and opposite reaction to that, where it's just like, okay, people just think we're this one-dimensional, quite bit loud, bit da 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 da, you know, not generic, but a band that has its sound and sticks to a kind of pub rock kind of band. Whereas they throw everything into this album. There's all this different grooves and experimentation and sound manipulation and some of the brightest and weirdest and poppiest stuff that they've ever done. And Stevie is at the top of that. Obviously, this is their tribute to the Jackson 5 and that Uh. whole sound, which, uh, yeah, is just pure fucking rainbows and sunshine. 
everything about it, like that rolling groove, that incredible falsetto from Janet, like she already has like a super high voice to begin with, but to get that even higher up to that like sugary high level is just unbelievable. And Weird again, just coming through with that phenomenal guitar pedal arsenal, just really getting like some hellaciously beautiful fucking sounds out of that guitar, man. Just building up like a wall of it, you know? It's just, it's amazing. It's addictive. I've talked a little bit about my relationship with Spider-Bait over the course of the podcast, and I mentioned at one point me and my brother, like, running through Uncle Toby's, like, with a fucking bag full of giant Smarties. Remember when they did the giant Smarties? Oh, and I think they had to discontinue them because they were a choking hazard. But, uh, <laughs> no, for real, they were too big. <laughs> just, just fucking chew. <laughs> is, is, is this why we can no longer get those massive gobstoppers as well? I, I believe mean, so. Well, that's fair. They're, like, you can't chew those. Yeah. yeah. It's like That's some you, hectic shit, you're, you're hey. playing with fire. That'd be, like, a, that'd be an embarrassing way to die, eh? Oh. <laughs> what happened? His gob was stopped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> permanently stopped. Oh, God. I, I wonder if, um, at the time, the more hard rock fans of Spider-Man maybe knee-jerked away from this Oh, song. they absolutely would have. Yeah. They absolutely it's, would have. Like, this is just, like, shimmering pop gold, man. Mm. It's so fun. It's so wholesome. It just makes you want to smile. It's just, like, the song is a smile, It's right? just joyful, man. It makes you it's want a- to smile. Yeah. Like, it- it may not get you there. <laughs> oh my God. Depressed Adam is logged on. What up? <laughs> Just say like Adam. Come on, man. <laughs> what up? If not my dude, serotonin levels. <laughs> dude. Oh my God. Dude, if, if this didn't make you happy, then I don't know what to do, man. Yeah, what's I the, don't know what to do either, man. The, oh my God. That's kind of the thing. <laughs> what's the, the line in the, about... um? putting the microwave away or something and yeah hey i haven't got all day turn off the microwave i'll dump the vacuum cleaner all right my feet are feeling light let's step on out tonight yeah man cute australia yeah that's so (laughs) australia i know other countries have microwaves and vacuum cleaners as well they don't have spider but they have spider bait so we're one up there (laughs) a rare win for the boys down under (laughs) Um, bloody bonza (laughs) Um, the beauty shieler of all janet english Hey, speaking of Janet English, who is in the song yes, that we're the speaking lead singer about, of this song. Um, and Cartman impressions, does it sound like she's somewhat doing a Cartman impression when she counts, counts off in the beginning? One, two. Oh, no. Damn oh, it. yeah, a little well, bit. A little it's bit. very, like, kiddie. Yeah, it sounds yeah. kiddie. Her voice is very kiddie in this. Obviously. I just hear Cartman a bit. It's great. It's a plus. Yeah. It's a big tick there, as far as I'm concerned, actually. Also, we all. Boop, 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 boop. Oh my god. How, how could you not love how that? How infectiously cute and wonderful is that? Fucking hell. This song Absolute is just fucking joy. It's just a smile, man. This song is just delightful. It's yeah. it's so great knowing that Spider Bait want to lean into the pop. They're just like, Yeah, we're pretty poppy with some of our hooks. But what if we went full pop? They still keep the heat under it. Though. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know it's, still, I mean? okay, it's still a rock song. It's not a bag of sugar. It's caramel. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, oh, and I love some caramel, baby. It's dangerous, though. You'd, if you're cooking it, caramel, that's like the most dangerous oh, thing you can do in the kitchen. And, and it's so hard to get right. You have to yeah, stir it constantly. The most dangerous thing you can, you can do, do in, the ki- in the kitchen. Nathan, you're cooking like super hot, super sticky stuff. If that gets on you... That, that limb's gone, man. Yeah, but it's, but it's not like... It's not, it's not, it's corrosive it's, caramel. <laughs> yeah. It's good enough for like a noise band. A grindcore band. Yeah, corrosive caramel. Right, it needs to have something to do with pork in there as well. For it to yeah, be grindcore. grindcore, yes. Um, <laughs> rennet, I guess then. Corrosive rennet. That's a... Is rennet... That's, that's a pork m- fat, yeah? Um... I don't know that much about pork fat, Yeah, man. this is clearly not my area. I haven't had any meat in a while, so it's not my area of expertise. I'm t- um, I just don't eat a lot of pork fat. Mm. On its own. Really? <laughs> have, a, have a nice pint. 
<laughs> Wait for all this to blow over. <laughs> um, yeah, just delightfully sugary fun. Wonderful fucking song. Super, super hot cooking oils are worse to cook with in the kitchen because people foolishly think you can put that out. If you get like a, an oil fire, oh, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. put it out with water and it explodes. You need to douse that with some baking soda or and not, not a loose flour, but like baking soda is very good to put out an oil fire. Sure. At the very least, one fail safe if you haven't got like tons of baking soda there. A very If you do have an oil fire, a very damp, not like soaking wet, but like a, a damp tea mm. towel to smother the flame and to cut off the oxygen supply to it. Chucking water in the oil displaces the oil and makes it go yeah. fucking bunter. Yeah, don't just, do that. Yeah, you uh, could either suppress the flame and choke it of oxygen. You can. I mean, if you have a fire blanket, obviously that's yeah the best choice. And like, honestly, houses should have fire extinguishers. That's like a, we should yeah, have we those. Kind of should. Yeah, it would solve a lot of issues. Yeah, I know. I think apartment complexes have to have them in the common areas, but those are more for the common areas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, going so deep into this. Yeah. Electrical fires, don't use don't, water. Don't, no. You want to make sure that that's uh, a CO2 foam. Could you and imagine I, someone plus 15-ing this shit and then I, they're like, I thought we were talking about Spider-Man. I hope to God they're not <laughs> plus 15-ing this. This could um, save someone's life. And, and, and also, like, electrical fires, don't just use the fire extinguisher you see. Make sure you've got the right one. Because again, right. Did anyone actually listen to the song? <laughs> We all love the song. Yeah, we I just mean, want people to be alive to hear to the song, enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and non-burnt. Well, what do you think of the song, Adam? Dude, I love it. Yeah. Well, I wasn't sure from your reaction just before. Uh, no, what do you mean? <laughs> when we were talking about like if this song didn't make you happy, and you were just like, I don't oh, know, that's more about me and happiness. Than <laughs> than this song, this song's great, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love it, adore it. Yeah, the, the only heat I want listeners to have is from the great licks of the band we know and love, Spider Bait. <laughs> There we go. And from this great podcast? <laughs> yes, also. Oh, my God. Warmed under the glow of a five-star. <laughs> Come on! Four, four stars? Not hot enough. <laughs> five stars? Just right. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> we got cooked on cooking. <laughs> At number 83, this is Custard with Hit Song. Coming in at number 83 in the 1999 Hottest 100 with a hit song called Hit Song. Nathan Bloody Harrison, you are the resident Custard fan. Is this a hit? I, I think it's a bit of a hit. Bit of a hit? Honestly, I hadn't really heard it much until like fairly recently. I hadn't heard it at all. Yeah. I thought you were a big Custard fan. I like a bunch of Custard songs. I've, I've never spent mm. the time being like, whatever. I thought you I know? knew you. Yeah, well. Well. Do I like custard as the food? It's fine. Like, it's pretty safe to cook. Sometimes. Fuck, he's having ex- existential crisis. Do you guys prefer the um, the regular custards or the, the chocolate custard? Regular. Yeah, oh, my so, God. Yeah. Guys, come I think, on. I don't think I'm really big on either. Uh, actually, one of the things that's annoying about like not getting in, like doing vegan stuff is kind of have a good eggnog at Christmas. Like mm. a ton of brandy. So I just drink the brandy. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, I didn't know. We, I didn't know we were talking about custard again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am so here though for custard doing a blues explosion song. The riff is super blues explosiony. Yeah. yeah, he's doing a bit of like a bit of Spencer. You know, a little <laughs> bit of Spencer in there. This is good. This is good, solid, fun. I like that. All my life, I've wanted to write a hit song. Maybe it could be this song. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm always up for a bit of that kind of songwriting where, um, like, obviously Tenacious D and Tribute is one of, like, the big ones where you're like, are we talking about this song? Is it- or um, uh, No Effects' Please Play This Song on the Radio. Yeah, it's fun. And this is just a good, silly, it's not um, bluesy rock yeah. song. It's, I don't think it's up to the, the custard pantheon of, like, like, Apartment or even, like, Girls Like You. Yeah. I remember, like, a number of seasons ago when we spoke about custard, I was thinking, like, and that's probably the last time we'll talk about custard, and they've been kicking around. I, I remember, it makes me remember how much they were total Triple J darlings. Mm, yeah, like, they, they, they write great songs. I'm not trying to disparage them here. But, like, they certainly owe a huge amount of their success to the Triple J... Promotion. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, I get why Triple J would love them because they're a rock band and also they're witty. They're smarmy, witty people. Well, that makes sense for a Triple J audience. But yeah, they, this is, it sounds fucking cool. It's just a cool custard song, yeah. but it's not like one of their best, but it's just, yeah, they write good songs. Because we talked about Apartment in the 95 countdown. So what, like four seasons ago, mm. it was number seven. And for me, that was like the first custard song I heard. Yeah, I heard same. it before then, but I was just like, oh, custard is Apartment. And yeah. it's weird hearing... That so early and then it kept going mm. for mm. years and years. True. This is a great fun song. I like it. Yeah, it's fun. It doesn't have the immediacy or the urgency of like apartments or anything like that. But uh, you can just tell that Dave and the, and the guys were just having a bunch of fun. Just throwing something at the wall to see if it would stick. That bluesy lick is really fun. Like the extra bits of percussion are really good. And like when it just kind of kicks off. Yeah, it's got a bit, a bit of like a early Kingsy kind of vibe, you know, mm. like uh, mixed in with the bluesy sort of stuff. Yeah, no, good call. Yeah. 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 You know, it's kind of got that you really got me sort of sound, which I think is cool. Love the uh, bit about wanting to... <laughs> By a chorus verse, chorus verse. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think the cleverest thing that they do in the lyrics is when they say uh, "got to write a hit" to "got to buy a hit." Yeah. So it's like you're you're positioning the the writing of music alongside kind of like a drug reference, really. So if you're not directly saying like you know getting the money from writing a hit song will allow me to buy drugs, you're comparing chasing after fame as being chasing mm. a high in itself. Mm. Like it's actually there's actually a lot going on with Good that. Read. And then also, you know, like the the standard reading of saying like in the end it comes down to how much money you have yeah. to throw at the music industry yeah. as opposed to anything else that determines what the hit is. But that's kind of where I encounter a problem with liking this song because as I've kind of stated before, I don't really get down on bands kind of bemoaning their lack of success publicly and airing out their dirty laundry. Even if it's a band as characterful and self-aware as Custard, I feel like it's kind of just diminishing returns from Music is Crap. Because Music is Crap did that in such a great way. You know, they're saying, like, we're still putting our friends on the door, but we only get one door spot. You know, it's like we, we've reached this level of success and it's kind of meaningless. And yeah. just reflecting upon how meaningless the, the level of success they've had in the music industry was... And then just throwing it all out by saying, like, well, aliens will probably think music is crap anyway, so whatever. That I found really fun. I found, like, this was a little bit more bitter and a little bit less clever. And there wasn't enough interesting stuff for me going on musically that I really clung on to that allowed me to then really like the song. So I was, I was a little disappointed. I mean, I still really, really love Custard as a band and what they stand for and what they were doing. And I think this definitely fits into that to some extent, but in terms of an actual song to stand on its own, mm. I don't really get into it that much. Oh, you, you don't think that um, the like that disparaging notion of uh, like them being bitter, you don't think it's like totally ironic? 
I feel, uh, I feel like just they're having a wink and a laugh about it, to be honest. If the possibility exists that they're not, and they are, and they do kind of feel shitty, then and also like it doesn't like, like intent doesn't entirely matter as well. Like if, you, if if that's how you feel when you hear it, that's how you feel when you hear it. Yeah, I, I just I just don't have time for like bands talking about you know, and this this goes for like any kind of artist as well. Like I don't have mm. time for any kind of artist reflecting on the lack of success they have bitterly. That's just always a kind of sucky thing to hear. It's kind of like when you're hanging around with your with your friends and they're just kind of like really hopelessly saying like, oh man, like no one likes me. Yeah, yeah, fully right. Mm. Or just like, like, it's like yeah. well, dude, yeah, because... Because you're moaning about how no one likes you. Yeah, just, you know, <laughs> There's your that. problem! Like, figure out how to love yourself and stand in mm. that. Like, figure out how to love your your band and whatever. I'm not talking directly about Custard here, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> this um, has been a real self-help yeah. podcast for you, hasn't it? Custard tarts as a kid were always a good treat. Oh, come on! <laughs> you, know, you know when they're still a good treat? As an adult. Mm. <laughs> for fuck's sake. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. And number eight... Number 82, this is Skunk Hour returning with the song Home. Two sisters waiting in the garden, silent. A couple sitting on the stair. A family eating from a takeout menu. A TV set next to a chair. Hour back again, marking. Uh, actually, I just realised all four, all five of the artists we're talking about today are previous entrants in the hottest one hundred. Uh, it's getting old, right? Oh, same old shit. Give us something new. Yeah. <laughs> well, Skunk Hour are back, and they have a song in at number eighty-two in the nineteen ninety-nine hottest one hundred. This is a track called Home. Andrew, David. Unlike the lead singer of Skunk Hour, you have quite a head of hair. Is he a bald man? Very mm. much so. Oh, right. Yeah, Skunk Hour. Uh, this is the this is the first single from their last record, which came out in two thousand and one. So this is a two year advanced single. Yeah. Which is, yep. Yeah. And it almost didn't happen. The single. Or the yeah. The, the album. This, this yeah, single. Development hell. Because they um they were really discouraged after Chin Chin, yeah, which is of course the album that they released after the success of the album the, that had uh, the first up to one. our next in it. Yeah. Because Dell, who is a part of that band and, the, and one of their vocalists, went off to become a Disney animator, as we've, oh, yeah. as we've we mentioned previously. About yeah, yeah, yeah. It's worth bringing up again, because yeah. it's just wild. And, um, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's still some funk there. The falsetto vocals and a bit of upstroking is kind of as funky as it gets, but it's still enough to be like grading white boy funk bullshit. I can barely remember what we thought of the other Skunk Hour track, and I'm hoping we didn't like it. Well, the um, last one we talked about was Weightlessness, which was from Chin Chin. Chin Chin, yeah. And the main thing I remember from that is the lyric, she's a dolphin girl in a liquid world. And then we started oh, yeah. talking she's about dolphins. A dolphin girl <laughs> in a liquid galaxy. That'd be successful, right? Because like a dolphin in a liquid world, that's... 
That's, that's perfect. That's, that's a great place to yeah, be. It's very cool. It's yeah. ideal. I yeah. think that was the point of the Okay, line. right. You'd want to hope so. And then we just talked about Toy Story. Apes. Dude, yeah. <laughs> so I thought we were, oh, dude, I could talk about Toy Story for hours. I think and we, we did. did. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth one, I'm still skeptical on. Yeah. yeah. Well, Kim are involved. I haven't seen it yet. I'll let you know. <laughs> well, Tim Allen apparently cried a lot. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's good. He does. Uh-huh. Dude, I'm, gl- I'm glad Tim Allen was sad. That's all I know about Toy Story 4. Is yeah, I, apparently it was a very emotional ending, which. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. like, Toy Story movie. Yeah. And I'm going to keep coming back. Exactly, man. right? Yeah. Um, the Everybody always talks about the. Um, the sad bit when they're in the lava or going to the, the Dude, fire bit. Dude, it's so sad. Yeah, but way, way sadder is when Andy gives Woody to the girl and then leaves his childhood behind and drives off and was just like, see you, pal. You're the best friend. Looking in the rearview mirror. Look, ten yeah, times sadder. We all cried many times in Toy, in Toy Story, Story 3. three. Yeah. Um, and the only thing we're crying about now is listening to Home by <laughs> Lismore Band Skunk Hour. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> they obviously embracing a bit more straightforward alternative rock sound for a large portion of this. Just like I was looking around trying to see fan interpretations of what this song is. There's one video on YouTube of someone just like made a montage of like various photos that are just like good looking men and women in like Windows, <laughs> Windows Movie Maker, super weird. And then it ends with a couple of like her and like her partner kind of thing like that. And it's just like, it's just, if people are, like people were responding to me like, oh man, it's such a great emotional song for you to have this connection to kind of thing. I'm just like, sure, if you find a song, when you find a song and if you're in an important part of your life, nostalgia latches onto that bad boy and doesn't let go. But the fact that this could be anybody's like deep emotional, hugely feelsy song is fucking bonkers man hang on I want to get back to this video <laughs> photos of random good looking people yeah like, like some some you'd recognise some just generic models some like celebrities did one tease and then just right at the end just a them. couple of, not together just a photo of like her and like well I infer, I infer that it's her based on her YouTube avatar and then the photo of the person I didn't recognise so why are you putting random good looking like, dude I, like, I have no idea what's so, going what, on there one of the comments and it's from an older video one of the comments was someone saying like what the fuck is like great song I was just I, was, I just wanted to hear Skunk Hour's home but what the fuck with the goddamn pictures and then somebody replied being like hey didn't you read the description of the video this is very emotional to her she misses her blah 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 blah, blah or something and then like the descriptor of the video is just them saying like like nothing important just being like it's been a long journey and I'm so glad and blah, blah, blah. And I guess home. When you search for it, the um, the image that pops up on Google before you follow through to the link is Johnny Depp. <laughs> Whoa. So, yeah, I told, yeah. This is a version of me without Matthew. And this is the pictorial version of how I found her. Yeah, right. Doesn't make any goddamn sense. The journey will never end, but at least I've won the hardest battle so far. The rest is becoming the person I want to be. An awesome uplifting song that hadn't been posted yet. Bonkers, good, man. Good, no, good for him. Good, or her. Good I for think them. Yeah. Good for everyone. Yeah. You the know, first image in the slideshow is an e-card that says, I crave Sydney. Oh, no. You don't, though. <laughs> so good, man. And you know what? I'm more on board now. <laughs> I, think, I think it's a good bit. <laughs> it's had 25,000 views, so... Yeah. They can't all be skunk owls. <laughs> so it connects with the people. Yeah, got... I guess. Yeah, it's just a bit... Oh, it makes me sad, like, hearing that this came after a disappointing follow-up. And... Well, they were really encouraged by this. So, like, we're being bullies right now. They wrote this song to try and get their groove back. They wrote a whole album's worth of stuff. And 15... everyone was like, hey, we like it. No, they scrapped it. They scrapped those 15 tracks. It was like, we just can't 
do anything we're proud okay. of. I respect that. I think yeah, that's being nice. able to do that is a good thing. So then they came out with this song and they released it as a single and based on the positive feedback that they got, probably, you know, the countdown being part of it, that encouraged them to make the to album make later on, album. which is called uh, The right. Go. Mm. The Go. Mm. Yeah, I don't love it though. This track. Yeah, nothing really sticks out for me here. I don't love it. Yeah. I don't think it's terrible. If it was on the radio, no. I'd be like, oh yeah, it was all right. Yeah, like, it's just nothing I would go out of my way to listen to. Like, I feel like that's kind of been my relationship with Skunk Hour as a whole from listening to the songs that we have for this podcast. Mm. Yeah. Man, there's just something about that falsetto at the beginning. It's like, it sounds like Flight of the Concords doing a falsetto as opposed to a real band. It actually sounds a bit like the Tism falsetto. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Good Tism reference. Huh? <laughs> nice sneaking it in. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Real subtle but, but I guess like Even from Because the first song We talked about by Skunk Hour Up to our next in it Was the like Spoken word one It was real like Oh yeah Jazzy with these Spoken word verses I liked up to our next in Yeah there, You know yeah. There were opinions In the room about it And and then weightless I can't actually remember Weightlessness It's like the, how the, okay, the, the bass went like That could be any bass line From any song <laughs> no, Ever written no, By no, anyone no, Is ever. that Another one bites the dust <laughs> Mm. Okay, that, that, that could be a song with no bass in it. I, <laughs> I think Skunk Hour have showed themselves to be a band that were trying to do a lot of stuff. And even from the start, were kind of a, a slightly left of centre band in terms of like... Yeah, certainly aspired to have a, a foot in many rooms. Right? Yeah, yeah, I can kind of see how a band like that would, would build a fan base around itself. Mm. Yeah. And, and that people would like really be rooting for this band to do well and, and have a good live following, I guess, or whatever. Yeah, and so I guess that makes sense then that they put out this song, which certainly isn't anything amazing, but like is a solid song in some ways that yeah. that would work on radio, and so maybe people are like, you know what, yeah, I like Skunk Out, I want them to do well, I want more stuff. It would be better if it mentioned more dolphins or <laughs> yep. Toy Story. Mm. It would be good if was, it was Toy Story a... two out at this point. I feel around I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say yes. Toy Story was ninety six. I'm pretty sure. Uh, 99. Yeah. Hey, well, mm. should have been on the soundtrack. Maybe this. Maybe they tried to get it. They yeah. were like, "Hey, oh, man. old mate, yeah, yeah. remember this, us?" This, 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 you know that, that sad montage in Toy Story Two where Jesse, the oh, Jesse, with the Sarah McLaughlin, yeah, the, replaced that song <laughs> with Skunk Hour oh. and watch the tears flow. <laughs> okay, we're making that happen. We are <laughs> yeah. absolutely yeah. making but that. The guy happen. that left, they were like, "Hey, man, we know you're doing this Toy Story project. <laughs> Seems like that Toy Story thing is pretty big. Yeah, yeah. maybe you could." Uh, <laughs> Throw us a line, you know, you know. Yeah. but um, he did not. <laughs> Look, oh. maybe we could put you in planes. Yeah. <laughs> planes, a fucking director DVD sequel to Cars. So funny, man. Planes. Yeah. Yeah. And then they actually, Featuring then they did come out with Cars 2. Yeah, and Cars 3. There's Cars 3? Yeah, there's yeah. Cars 3. I was, um, I my, um, cars. A, a game designer I know um, that I've chatted to a few times or whatever. <laughs> Um, she tweeted the other day. She was like, "I was a level designer for Cars 2 and I had to watch the movie. I did not watch all of the movie." <laughs> <laughs> that rules. Oh boy. Yeah, I think she was a level designer for the like Nintendo DS game of yeah. Cars 2, and she did not watch the movie because it was so bad. One of my favorite bits of like weirdo internet copy paste stuff is the um the question did 9-11 happen in the cars universe <laughs> the thing i really like about planes that we learned that world war ii happened in the cars universe which means there was a cars Hitler, a cars pacific war cars d-day a cars nuking of hiroshima and nagasaki a cars battle of imajima and so on so it's the many important questions were the cars little boy and fat man nuke sentient 
Was it a suicide mission? Are all cars nuclear weapons sentient? Did Saar Bomba have a personality? What kind of car was Hitler? A VW? A forklift? Was there a Cars 911? Were the planes hijacked or were they themselves radicalized? I could go on. Oh, no. Wow. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. I'm having an existential crisis. Wow. I'm Lightning McQueen. We've stopped talking about Skunk Hour some time ago. We even stopped talking about the things that we stopped talking about Skunk Hour for. Oh, God. Hey, this isn't the last time we're talking about them, though. Really? Where did (laughs) they Next year, when we get the last Skunk Hour song. Real Skunk Hours. Real Real Skunk Hours. Very good. At number 81, this is Ben Lee with Nothing Much Happens. At number 81 in the 1999 Hottest 100, that's Nothing Much Happens, the second track and second single from his album Breathing Tornadoes. Adam. Yeah. A lot goes on in this room. Well, nothing happens. Well, nothing happens. We all had uh, some varying opinions and thoughts on Ben Lee's last appearance in in the Hottest 100. We were all positive. Yeah, it was generally pretty yeah. positive. One of us, some, some one of us was enough. very positive. Yeah. On Look. the Ben Lee to Bernard Fanning scale yeah, of how, what yeah. you think about Ben Lee, we were closer to Ben Lee. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. We it's true. Yeah. It's true. Adam. Yeah. I have to ask, just before we get into this song specifically, have you listened to Breathing Tornadoes? No. Do you have any intention to? Uh, maybe. Look, I will say that after listening to this song, I have... A more desire to listen to Breathing Tornadoes than okay, I did Okay, that's a, that's a good is, sign. Because I did enjoy Cigarettes Will Kill You, but I think that there is something refined and mature in this song that is not there as much in Cigarettes Will Kill You. Lyrically, this song was really a step up. The, the biggest problem I had with Cigarettes Will Kill You is all the food metaphor stuff for saying like... The song has a bit. Yeah. It's yeah, a, yeah and I, I and it's been established we hate talking about food. <laughs> <laughs> I just wasn't there for that particular bit. I loved the chorus. I you know, like the line I want a TV embrace. Um I wish I could say everyone was wrong. Like what that connected to in terms of like uh the subject matter of cigarettes will kill you, like being in a relationship that you wish was better than it was and being in denial about that, I think it worked really, really well. Yeah. But I think it all's kind of very, very solid in this track. Like Lines like it's sad and spent, feel the motion again, stop and pause, then move some more. Still surprise you when it shatters, but nothing matters. Like being trapped in, which is 
we've mentioned this a couple of times in a couple of different songs in this countdown. Like it's once again talking about the the weight of the everyday and how mm. you know the grind kind of grinds in on you and, and diminishes you. And he was nineteen when he wrote this. Yeah, well, I mean, like mental man, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like having those simple, like but devastating, like observations at that age, you know? Like, yeah, it's full on. Well, he had a little bit of help with that from a good friend by the name of Evan Dando from the yes. Lemonheads, who he toured with and was influenced by even in the early days. He he actually wrote a song called "I Wish I, I, wish I Was, I was him. him" about Evan Dando, huh. and then ended a, up becoming such quite a cute song. good friends with him. And apparently, this song was inspired by an early morning conversation he had with Evan Dando. What the conversation actually involved, I don't actually know. Um, Who's just kind of say, between, really? They will yeah, take it to their graves. A pact was sealed. <laughs> <laughs> they became blood brothers. It's yeah, really intense. A, ton, a, t- a tontine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Um, they got the hellfish tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> that that kind of bromance that is, is part of the song is really kind of nice as well. Yeah, yeah. Interesting hearing like sampled beats or what sound like sampled beats in a Ben Lee song. Are used to that? Yeah, there's a lot of that on this record. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right here. The lyric writing here is very, very interesting. I think mm. speaks to him as a songwriter. What threw me a little bit, and it's like just it's a problem that I have with um vocal performances. The really clear Australian accent in the chorus that goes a lot goes on. Yeah, it's like that like that proto doll wave sound. <laughs> like, and that's why even today I, there's a bunch of like otherwise really brilliant Australian acts that I just can't get into because they sound so fucking Australian in their yeah, voice. Right. Yeah, but so but, like but, 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 but Australia? you're Australian. Yeah. yeah. Why do yeah. you hate this great country? It's called cultural uh, cringe. That, yeah, they they exactly. talk Thank like you. how talk. you talk. Mm. And do you think I like myself? <laughs> um, <laughs> what is going on <laughs> in this room today? What is going right. on? Yeah, the door was there. I had to walk through it. It's no, a legit thing, yeah, though. Cultural like, cringe, yeah. Yeah. And particularly with like really broad Australian accents in pop music, where we're not used to it, and you know, Just, yeah. you're raised on popular culture largely coming from the US. Yeah, it's getting better now. I mean, like we've yeah. it, we've been exposed to it, and I think people have found a way to craft music around the Australian accent that makes that cringe less acute it's also um, just an exposure thing to- like, I totally yeah it's not even a big deal in this song it's just that one moment in the chorus yeah okay yeah. you notice it though like, yeah, yeah. yeah Ben Lee as a like as a figure like in pop culture became like obviously a, quite a punching bag and it's so interesting tr- trying to piece together how that happened well like, obviously the, the biggest reason it did was the precocious little C thing no, the um, the fucking big single where he doesn't catch my disease. Catch my disease is where it became Ben Punchable Face Lee, um, All right. as he's probably loved to be known. Um, <laughs> but it's not really here in like these earlier songs. No. It's just a guy doing some earnest piano ballads that he like like bedroom recording bedroom, stuff yeah yeah it's yeah really, like this first couple of ben lee solo records and they're, yeah. they're really sincere and like he puts heart into these fucking yeah, songs right kid. it's fascinating yeah yeah but he was still out to provoke at this time which is really interesting you know he was the one saying that i've made the best australian album ever made you know acdc's back in black is pretty good but this is better like that's the quote mm. you know that which directly, is hilarious because it's, it's, it, it's it's absolutely a teenager riling people up exactly yeah. and you look back at what he had to say about that time in interviews and he's saying that like i'm i'm sorry i thought that being a pop star meant i had to say that i thought that that i had i was performing the idea of being a pop star in what it was for me at the time i thought it meant you had to provoke as many people in whatever kind of way that you you could but it led to bernard fanning then coming out with that now famous quote which ben lee put on uh t-shirts which i wasn't aware of yeah t-shirts made out that had that quote on it which is like fair response 
But in, in that situation, Bernard is also performing the role. Like, yeah, maybe. music tiffs are part of the music industry. That's what, like... Yeah, you could just ignore that, I suppose. That's what sells magazines and, and now generates clicks, you know? Yeah, that's, that's a good point, I suppose, yeah. I think this is a really well-constructed song, though. I, when I look at this song, it's just like, this is really nice alternative indie pop. In a t- it kind of predating um, a lot of other trends in alternative mm. indie pop to some extent, especially that kind of bedroom stuff. I think all the, the choices of sounds are really nicely made. It you know it sounds 90s, mm. but it's also hinting towards something that's to come as well. And I just think the subject matter hits me quite nicely. I think the lyrics and the way that it talks about it is you know mature and vulnerable and held back and gets a lot of ticks from me, actually. It makes me think of um, Gautier. In terms of like, oh, good comparison. Yeah, like pop, you know. Yes. Really, like solo yeah. production kind of thing for these pop songs or whatever. Yeah, I can absolutely see yeah. that. Mm-hmm. No, it's that's a, a really good. That's a really good parallel. This is one of my favorite songs from this record. Uh, I love that really distinct piano bit, and yeah, the the kind of little bits and pieces in the production that keep you listening, like that very bizarre like minor chord bridge where it goes into like the. Like the ranting over the megaphone while the like the weird like keyboard samples come in and stuff like that. Do you know what that um that sampled megaphone kind of bit is about? I have never been able to understand it yeah. the entire time that I've known that record and listened to yeah, that song. Right. Okay. I have I have no idea. It feels like it's like sampling l- lines from film almost. Yeah, um, I, I really honestly wish I, I knew. Yeah, if anyone um, does know. Yeah, please mm. add us. Definitely not the last time we're talking about Ben Lee, but uh, yeah, always, always wonderful to revisit this guy and uh, talk about this music. Also, uh, in much the same way as we started with an 80s cover and ended with an 80s cover last episode, we're starting with a Ben and ending with a Ben. Hey! He's got Um, the Bens. I do really respect his songwriting here, but this is really not for me. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm more interested and intrigued and respecting it than I am with any other Ben Lee song, I think. think Yeah, sure. There's... Mm. more here to unpack than I was expecting. You know what? I would say that if you didn't like Ben Lee, this would be a song, at least in terms of the songs that I've come across, that has the most chance of you going like, okay, but that's okay. Yeah, well, yeah. Like you said you're thinking about listening to the Tornado yeah. Man. Yeah. The Tornado Man has our, logged on. Our good Tornado Boy. <laughs> our brave boy is in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> That brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks to FBI Radio for letting us use their facilities. Thanks to Sweet Potato. Don't forget to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. We really bloody appreciate it. Before we get out of here, we're going to pick our favourites and our least favourites and continue that ever-continuing goddamn motherfucking story of our favourites and our least favourites. Carry over, champs. Carry over chumps. Nathan, we're starting with you today, oh, young good. man. <clears throat> All right. Um, my favorite song from this episode is Stevie by Spiderbait. Yeah, nice. I'm going to hold on to Run On as my champ. My least favorite song from this episode, probably Steal My Kisses by Ben Harper. But I'm going to hang on to Every Morning. Okay, fair enough. That's a, that's, a, that's a double whammy for me, Nathan. My favourite is also Spiderbait, uh, and my least favourite is Ben Harper, but my champ remains run on, and my champ remains the the stinky one, whatever it's called. <laughs> Every morning. Every morning. The stinky one. Yeah. What about that? The stinky one. Yeah. I'm not having this. I'm not having this. The no stinky way. one, parentheses, every morning. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is getting spooky. It really because, is. Because I also am exactly the same. 
huh. on all counts. Are we getting in sync? Have we been doing this too long that uh, our, no. our opinions are just kind of becoming... Maybe. So, so you're holding on to the stinky one? I'm holding on to the stinky one. <laughs> yeah. Every morning. You I guys are dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Stevie for my favorite from this episode. I am going to hold on to Run On by Moby as my champ. Uh, least favorite I'm going to give to Skunk Hour, but uh, my chump remains Blue Monday. So at that's least, it. At least there's one point of difference between yeah. us. That gives me hope. I'm, I, for one, I'm shocked that it's me. Because if we continue this like another 20 seasons or whatever, we'll all just be speaking the exact same words in unison and laughing at the same time. It's going to be... <laughs> uh, 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 we'll be completely in sync. And just quickly, listeners, I know it's the... We're up to episode four of the season, but um, if you're new to the cast, or even if you're not new to the cast, if you want to hit us up, we're obviously on Facebook, mm. across hundreds and thousands, Twitter, hottest one hundreds, Instagram uh, too, Instagram, hottest one hundreds and thousands. If you want to send us a message, do us on any of those platforms, or you can hit us up via email at hottest one hundreds and one thousands at gmail.com. We'd yeah. love to hear from you if you want to agree, disagree. Get some beef off your chest. If you want to send us something to read? We'll fucking get amongst help you it. Out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. give us something. fire safety tips. Yeah. I think we've shown that we're, we're, we're okay with that. Yeah, it's yeah. true. What's, what's the hardest thing for you to cook? Let us know. That's yeah. your homework this week. Send it, what's, what's the most dangerous oh, What's the no. most dangerous thing you've cooked? Yeah. Let us know on Twitter or Facebook or yeah, those two. Could we do that thing also where it's just like, whatever, whatever, next time you cook a meal, just snap a pic and send it to us? Could we just get heaps of photos of your dinner? If we ask that and don't get any food back, I'll be upset. So. Don't get any food back. Food back. It's good. I like it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> this is a great podcast. Yeah. All right. Let's get out of here before we completely lose our minds. I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm fucking hungry too. Let's see. And thirsty. On behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison. Bye. Mr. Andrew McDonald. Cheers. Mr. <laughs> Nice. Oh, Mr. Adam Poncho. Oh, Peter Zane. <laughs> My name is David James Young. Everything is good for you. You're like a very fed up teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Class dismissed! You're like, it's it's like a rainy day, so we've been inside all lunch. And just like, God. <laughs> the only video we have is Toy Story. <laughs>